The throw. Down the sideline. Hester caught it. 10 5. Touchdown. Touchdown, Jackson State. He'll lose traffic. He'll drive it down and jam it in. Oh, my. Jamal Gregory. Highlight real time. Sports Center top 10 time. This is Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown alongside Avery Davis, and this is Episode 7 of the series. Today's guest is volleyball redshirt junior Sadie Anderson. The Gamecocks' outside hitter is back for her third full season on the court after missing the 2017 season following rib removal surgery and a season-long ankle injury in 2018. She's back at full strength and just helped JSU to a big 3-2 win over Moorhead State to move into a tie for first place in the Ohio Valley Conference standings. She will share her story later in the show. If you're looking for previous episodes of Behind the Beak and want to get caught up, you can find those by searching Behind the Beak on the Apple Podcast app and Spotify or by going to jsugamecocksports.com slash podcast. And if you haven't already, click the subscribe and follow buttons to be alerted when new episodes are available. Now let's get you caught up on the news. Jacksonville State football battled back from down 17-0 in the first quarter Saturday, October 5th, to claim a 31-23 win over Tennessee State at Burgess Snowfield. Junior quarterback Zarek Cooper passed former quarterback Eli Jenkins to move into second on JSU's career passing touchdown list with 48 in his career after tossing three against the Tigers. Cooper was named OVC Offensive Player of the Week on Sunday following the win. The Gamecocks go back to work Saturday, October 12th with a trip to Eastern Illinois, Kickoff in Charleston, Illinois is set for noon and will broadcast on ESPN+. Jacksonville State Volleyball moved into a tie for first place in the conference with a 3-0 win over Eastern Kentucky on Thursday, October the 3rd, and a 3-2 thriller over Moorhead State on Sunday, October 6th. The two home wins improved JSU's OVC record to 3-1, tying them for first with Moorhead State, Southeast Missouri, Murray State, and Austin Peay. Volleyball spends its next four matches on the road visiting Tennessee State, and Belmont on Friday, October 11th, and Saturday, October 12th, respectively. Both matches are set to broadcast on ESPN+. Jacksonville State soccer fell 3-1 at Eastern Illinois on Friday, October 4th, and 4-1 at Belmont on Sunday, October 6th. Cynthia Bogosi scored the lone goal against EIU, while the team was credited with a goal Sunday against the Bruins. Gamecocks return home Friday, October 11th, to host Austin P at 1 p.m., and wrap up the home schedule Sunday, October 18th, at 7 p.m. with Senior Night. Both matches can be watched on ESPN+. In men's golf, JSU plays fourth at the LSU David Toms Intercollegiate over the weekend. Patricio Front Thurn fired a final round 65, and Kim Vidal-Mora shot 68, each time for 12th out of 69 players in the 12-team event that was held on the Southern Trace Country Club. Next on the schedule for the men's golf team is the KSU Pine Tree Intercollegiate in Kennesaw, Georgia, October 21st through the 22nd at the Pine Tree Country Club. As of the recording of this podcast, the women's golf team is competing in the Chris Bannister Golf Classic at Silver Lakes in Glencoe. Cross Country hosted the 14th annual Foothills Invite on Saturday, October 5th at Chocolock Park in Oxford, Alabama. The men placed 13th out of 25 teams in the event, while the women were 7th of 21 teams. The Little Rock Trojan Invitational in Little Rock, Arkansas on October 19th is next on the schedule for cross country. On the rifle range, JSU placed 2nd in its season opening tri match in Murray, Kentucky. The Gamecocks had an aggregate score of 46-40. That's 23-16 in small bore and 23-24 in the air rifle, placing ahead of UT Martin by 101 points and just 12 points behind Murray State. 
Owen Goad was JSU's top finisher with a final mark of 11.61 to place fourth. Lastly, JSU Hall of Fame induction banquet tickets are now on sale. The banquet is scheduled for Friday, October 25th in the Stadium Club on the fifth floor of Meehan Hall at JSU Stadium at 6.30 p.m. The 2018-19 Hall of Fame class includes golf standout Matias Anselmo, volleyball All-American Abby Bright, baseball star Clay Whittemore, and former tennis coach Steve Bailey. Tickets to the induction banquet are $25 each and includes your meal and a seat at the banquet. Fans may reserve tickets by calling 256-782-5368 or by emailing lmcfall, that's L-M-C-F-A-L-L, at jsu.edu. That does it for this week's news and upcoming events, and now it's time for our featured interview. Following a successful freshman season on the court, Sadie Anderson set out the entire 2017 campaign after having three ribs removed, then struggled through her redshirt sophomore season with torn ligaments in her ankle. And despite the serious ankle injury, she played the entire season and became the first Gamecock in nine years to be awarded OVC All-Tournament honors. This season, she is back and stronger than ever, The redshirt junior ranks fourth on the team with 142 kills, has blocked 21 attacks, and has scored 158 points through just 54 sets. Here to share her story of injury recovery and battling through the pain to play the game she loves, here's Sadie Anderson. Joined today on the podcast by Sadie Anderson. Sadie, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you here, too, and we're... uh, recording courtside here today it's uh sunday october 6th and you guys just picked up a three and two win over first place moorhead state that forces a five-way tie in the conference for first place with you guys moorhead state murray state austin p and tennessee state talk about what a big win this was today for you guys yeah it was a huge win um i just think it was awesome how we fought back we started down 0-2 which in volleyball starting down 0-2 said it's like it's a really big task to come back and win three straight and we did and it just it felt awesome to do that with my team. Um, the amount of energy we put in, it was awesome, yeah. Today was your first five-set match of the season. It took you 16 matches to get to five sets. And uh, against Moorhead State, the last, I believe it's uh, four matches that you've played against Moorhead State, make it five now, all of those have gone to five sets. How much energy, was it any different to have to play five sets today when you haven't basically all season? No, I think we're just very well conditioned in practice. Um, that's one thing. No team is going to outwork us or outcondition us. Um, we know that from the beginning, like during two a days, that's what we worked on. Um, I think it's crazy that we haven't played a five set match. It was honestly weird. During um, after the fourth set, you do a captain's toss, and me and Callie looked at each other and we were like, "Who's going?" Because <laughs> we haven't had to do it yet. So we were like, "Well, <laughs> we don't really know." So yeah, it was funny. Do you know the last time you went this far into a season without? going to five sets i i think it's absolutely crazy i don't know if any other team has done it this 16 games is crazy to not have a five set match so the last time you went this far into a season without having a five set match was 1999 (laughs) and you and it was against georgia state as a member of the atlantic sun and so um you you clear up that drought and you do it in a big way by picking up a 3-2 win over first place moorhead state like i mentioned this forces a five-way tie for first place in the conference what does this win do for you guys as far as momentum going into the rest of this regular season in OVC play? For sure. It gives us a lot of confidence. It's also huge. Um, Morehead's a very good team. They have a high chance of finishing really high in the conference. If they, if we were to be tied, we now have the tiebreaker, so that's another big, 
huge difference that's going to help us. Um, I think it's great going into, we have a really big weekend coming up. Tennessee State and Belmont are both very good. I just feel like it's really good to get some momentum going. Um, again, the first five-set match, it's awesome to get a win on it. So You had 13 kills today, 28 attacks, only three errors. So you hit 357s, fantastic average. This is your fourth year. Two of your years that you've been here, you've had to battle through injuries. And the first one came in 2017. You set out the season. You were a red shirt. You had a rib surgery. Yes, very random surgery. Never thought it would happen to me. I don't know exactly how it happened. It, so the cause of it is still unknown. Um, your bottom two ribs and everybody are floating. My bottom three ribs became unattached from my sternum. So they would like almost move around and you could almost like crisscross them with your fingers and it was so painful. Um, just doing like everyday things was painful. Um, we still don't know how it happened. Like it's called slipping rib syndrome. Um, it's like very, very, very unknown in the US. There's only one doctor who does it. And surprisingly, that doctor's in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I'm from. So it was very ironic. Um, but yeah, it took me a long time after that surgery to just overcome because in everyday life, you use your core for everything, like sleeping, breathing, eating, like it's crazy how much pain would affect my everyday life. So it took me a while, um, just, and also just not having volleyball for a whole, almost six months was crazy. I didn't honestly know what to do with my time. Like when the team would be on road trips, I'd be here hanging out and it would be so boring. <laughs> so at what point did that begin to affect you? Your freshman season was 2016. You played in all but one match as a true freshman. 2017 is when you had the rib surgery. When did that start affecting you? And when did you kind of start feeling those three ribs just crisscrossing yes. and stuff like you were talking. Um, so we went to Costa Rica during the summer in July, and I knew as soon as we got back something was wrong. Um, so I actually have a liver disease as well, and that is honestly like super close to where my rib pain was. So at first I thought, oh, no, my liver's acting up. I need to go home to see my liver doctor, my hepatologist. We get back home. He says, nope, everything's fine with your liver. I don't know what else it could be. So it took us a while to figure out what was wrong. Um, not many people, not many doctors know about slipping rib syndrome. It's very uncommon. So finding the real cause of my pain was like super frustrating. I went to a lot of doctors and they had no answers for me. And I was like, I'm not making this pain up. I promise. Like, it's really there. I want to play volleyball, but I just can't right now. Um, so yeah, I definitely noticed it in as soon as we got back from our trip from Costa Rica. And again, I have no idea what caused it because um, I'd never experienced that type of pain before. So it was very odd. So when did you have the surgery and what was your time frame as far as rehab and coming back? And finally, when's the first time you were able to touch a volleyball after your surgery? Oh, man, probably four months. Um, it was a long recovery. Just again, just use everything for your core, like not any aspect of volleyball I could do without pain. Um, so, yeah, it took a while. I would say probably four months till I could even start like passing a volleyball, hitting a volleyball, jogging, running, you know. Um, physical therapy was honestly very odd. Like a physical therapist had never experienced an athlete with slipping rib syndrome. So it was kind of a work in progress, I would say. Um, but Jared, our physical therapist here at JSU, did a great job and got me back very fast. Well, after four months. So, so you had the surgery somewhere in the summer of 17? So I actually had the surgery um, November, or September 27th. Um, since that is so uncommon it took a long time to get into the doctor the specialist to see because people fly in from across the country to see her so she's 
very um, high demand, so I had to wait a while to get in. So you don't get to touch ball, a volleyball again until about January 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you begin to do to kind of get back into it? What were the baby steps of getting back introduced to volleyball mm -hmm. that, that year? Um, so a lot of the PT was about, like, strengthening my core, strengthening all the ab muscles, strengthen strengthening, honestly, your ribs. Like, it sounds crazy, but they are cartilage, and you can do stuff to strengthen them. Um, also, just working through scar tissue. There was a lot of scar tissue. Um, and then the first thing is conditioning because I'd been out for five months, six months. Um, so the first thing I had to do was get back in shape because when you're out and you can't, the only thing I could do was ride a bike in the beginning. And that's not really high intense conditioning. So just getting myself conditioned back into volleyball because volleyball is, you do have to be in good shape. Um, yeah. And so then you come back in 2018, you make 20 starts, you appear in 23 of the 32 matches. And during this time you're battling an ankle injury. So you get back from rib surgery and I also had a concussion. Rib. You could throw that in there. Oh. <laughs> I had a concussion as well, yeah. And so concussion in 2018 and this nagging ankle injury in 2018, what did you go through that season? Yeah, so I had a concussion during the last preseason tournament. Um, I got hit in the face pretty hard. Um, in the first set of against Florida A&M, I played the rest of the match, thought everything was fine. We went to team dinner, threw up at team dinner, knew something was wrong. So then I sat out the next day. We got back. I was out for about a week, maybe. Um, I got back pretty fast. And then my first game back after getting released from my concussion, I rolled my ankle pretty bad. Um, it was a play at the net. I just twisted it on Kenzie Rombach's angle, our middle from last year. And so it was very black and blue, very swollen. We had a game the next day. I had to sit out. I was in a boot. Um, and then I came back in about a week and a half. And I honestly felt like there was something deeper wrong. Um, I did x-rays and stuff but I knew it wasn't the bone necessarily I just thought that something was wrong it would flare up like from me walking 20 feet like it would pop up like a balloon so it was crazy um I played the rest of the season on it we just tape it really good and then we were like we'll fix it after season if anything's wrong so I make it through the season on it I'd say like for the first two weeks after I came back was the most affected I was playing um after that I kind of got used to it and it honestly got stronger for sure um, but then after the season, uh, we had an MRI, and I had three torn ligaments, and I had microfractures in my bone, so they had to drill a hole in it to try to promote healing. But the recovery on that, I thought, was much easier than my rib surgery, just because physical therapists know exactly what to do with their ankle injury. It's very common in volleyball. I feel like the protocol is very um, well known. So I think ankle injury was much easier to come back from than the rib surgery, just because the rib surgery was so unique, I guess. I'm sure definitely not as invasive, I guess, yes. as the rib surgery as well. Yes, for sure. And, I mean, it's a limb, too. It's not your core that, like, it would hurt to breathe, you know. Being on crutches was no fun, I will say that. That was the <laughs> worst part, probably. But I did get a nice cast, so. What did that feel like when you were trying to battle through that? Did it feel like just like a deep bruise, or did it feel like it had something popping, and something was loose? What did, what it did that feel like? It felt very loose. It felt very loose. Um, after the season, when the doctor, like, tried to pull on it he could almost pull like my whole ankle and he was like oh so that is not structurally sound and I was like no I don't think so so it felt very loose and honestly felt like I couldn't use it to get any like torqued on my jump if that makes sense I don't know if torque is the correct word but mm -hmm. power I guess it was very unexplosive inexplosive so now here we are in 2019 you made it through that entire 2018 season on the injured ankle and you were still somehow able to win OBC 
all-tournament team. You're named to the 2018 all-tournament team and the first in, I believe, nine years to be named to the all-tournament team. What did that mean to you to be able to get named to that all-tournament team and be a key contributor for your team, even though you're battling that ankle injury? Yeah, I just thought um, my game really stepped up in the later part of the season. I think coming back from rib surgery, I was very rusty in the beginning. Like I had to get back into the swing of things. And getting named to the all-tournament team was awesome, but I think the bigger part was that was our first conference tournament win since 2009. So that was honestly really cool to get the win, um, especially with my good friends, Kenzie Rombach and Ashley Klingen, who graduated last year. But I just think getting the win in the tournament for them was really cool. First tournament since 2009. First tournament win since 2009. Yes. Talk about the resurgence of Jacksonville State Volleyball that you've seen and being able to get that win in the tournament last year and then Another great example is just like today, getting a win over the first place team. And now Jacksonville State, after four matches, is tied for first place in the OVC. Yes, it's honestly just really cool to get, honestly, some respect on our volleyball team. I feel like JSU went, we were very good in, like since 2009. I think we had like four conference championships. But I feel like we went down a lot. And I think it's really cool to pick it back up. And honestly, get like I said, get some respect on our name. I want teams to come here being like, oh, shoot, they have to play Jacksonville State, you know, not just, oh, good, we get to play Jacksonville State, it's an easy win. Mm -hmm. You're, again, a key contributor. You're a redshirt junior. Talk about your family history as far as athletics go. Your mother played at Northern Arizona. She was a volleyball player. She's in their Hall of Fame. She was the first player to 1,000 kills at Northern Arizona. And then both your parents ran track at Northern Arizona as well. Tell me about your lineage and kind of how you grew up around athletics. Yes, yeah, so my whole family is athletic. Um, that's just something we've always done. Like when we have free time, let's go play a football game. Like it's always just been very athletic-based. Um, that's what we find joy in. It's how we spend time as a family. Um, very competitive. But, yeah, my mom was a very good volleyball player at NAU. She had, I think, over 1,000 digs and 1,000 kills and is really up there in blocks. I wouldn't say, like, living after her is, like, a legacy. Like, most people would be like, well, do you want to live up to her? I am I just think we're very different. Um, she also qualified for the Olympics in high jump. She jumped over six feet, which I think is crazy um, that my mom did that, and I think it's really cool. Um, my dad was a pole vaulter, um, not near as good as my mom, but <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think we get all our athleticism from my mom. So, yeah. How much was she involved in your career as a volleyball player and through you getting recruited and stuff mm -hmm. like that? How how much did she contribute to your success? Oh, so much. Both my parents, um, they come to every game, they videotape it, they want to watch it, they want to not critique it, but they do want to help me because they are very knowledgeable. My mom obviously knows volleyball, so even I'll get a text probably, way to go, maybe swing a little higher this time, you know. <laughs> so it's never, it's always supportive. Um, it's just really cool to have that much knowledge, honestly, from my mom, yeah. You're from Phoenix, Arizona, a long way from home. Do your parents get to come and visit often? Are they here almost every match, or are they, they here, you know, here and there throughout the season? Um, definitely not every match. I do have two younger siblings and an older sibling, so there is it's very busy at home, so getting here across the country would be very hard. But they've come once already this season. My dad is going to be in Nashville this next weekend, so that's really cool. Um my older brother got to come to the conference tournament last year, which I think is really cool. They get to come maybe three or four times a season. They'll be here for senior night, obviously. Um, my little sister has not got to come this season yet, so hopefully she'll get to make it. Um, it's definitely weird looking out and not seeing your family because they were at every club match, every high school match, anything I had athletic. I had 
support in the stands always. So, yeah, it's definitely weird. I just know they're watching back home and they're supporting, um, you know, always texting me, good job, maybe do this next time. So it's very weird, but it's a great experience being on my own. So I've learned a lot about myself. Your siblings play sports as well. Your brother plays baseball, correct? Yes, he just finished up last um, in the spring. He graduated from Ottawa University. He was a pitcher, and he had a very good career there. He's kind of learning real life now since he's out of baseball. But And then my little brother, he is going to be – he is a junior um, in high school. He plays basketball and baseball, and he's probably the best athlete in the family. I hate to say it because <laughs> uh, he does have kind of a big head, but he is a very good athlete. And then my little sister, she's in fifth grade, so she's – starting all, well, I want to do softball, I want to do volleyball, so she can do whatever she wants. You were a great high school player, great club player out in Arizona. How did you find Jacksonville State, or how did Jacksonville State find you? Yeah, um, I had been committed to a different school originally, and then um, the coach basically decommitted me. I don't really know if that's the correct word, but we just, some, it was weird relationship, and he was like, yeah, I don't think you're going to come here anymore, and I was like, okay, well. Hmm. So I had to find a new school very fast. That was uh, midway through my senior season in high school. So my club director was calling coaches for me, like, I have, you know, a decent player. She needs a place to go, and she knew the old coach here, um, mm-hmm. Terry, and so that's how I found it. I came on a visit, and I was like, yes, of course, I'll come for sure. It's a great school, great community, great town. So, yeah, I just felt very at home on my visit. I liked all the girls. Um and I've honestly met some of my best friends here, so I'm very thankful. So lucky break for Jacksonville State there. <laughs> um, you guys, just a few years ago, you went out to play Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and your family hosted the team uh, for dinner yes. while they were out on that trip, correct? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. We had some good Mexican food. Um, we had everyone at my home. It was honestly weird having all my, like, so I kind of associate my home friends with Phoenix, and then I associate my college friends like Jacksonville so it was awesome having like Ashley and Kenzie like in my house like it was honestly like so surreal like I like had to take a moment to like think about how this probably will never happen again so it was crazy. Is that something your parents used to do even with your club and high school teams they would host the team and some stuff like that? Yeah for sure definitely in high school um, we had like if anyone wanted to come have a barbecue like you know and we had a we have a sand volleyball court in our backyard so people were always like let's go play sand so yeah it was a lot of fun. What did it mean to you to be able to go back close to home with Grand Canyon and be able to play some of your early career matches near your hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freshman year we got to go to Air Force, so I had a lot of fam- I have a lot of family in Colorado too, so I had probably 30 people there um, in Air Force, and that was really cool. Um, it was my first college match ever, so it was awesome having my family in the stands. Um, and then when we got to go back to Arizona, I was thrilled, like so excited to go home, and I got to see my family, got to go see my house. You know, it's weird going back home like wow, this is my house. I don't know. Because I always associate, oh, well, I need to go to my apartment. That's my house. So going home, it's definitely odd having a huge house to go home to. I know you're a big sports fan, Arizona Diamondbacks fan, yes. being from Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Is baseball your favorite sport other than volleyball? Definitely. I could watch baseball all day. I love now that they're in the playoffs. I'm really excited. Um, I'll say go Braves for Ashley <laughs> Klingon, even though my Diamondbacks didn't make it. And Daniel Porter. How long have you been a Diamondbacks fan? How how far back can you remember being a D-backs fan? Always. I've always been a Diamondbacks fan. I think baseball, uh, my older brother, again, plays baseball, and I've kind of just grown up, like, at the baseball diamond, um, loving baseball. And I played softball for a while, but I still think baseball is definitely my favorite sport to watch other than volleyball. You were three years old the last time the Diamondbacks won a World oh Series. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of struggling, but hopefully we're on the mend. So t- 2001, the Diamondbacks won the World Series. Tell me about some of your favorite players. Were you 
old enough to remember Randy Johnson, mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling, Luis Gonzalez, those guys? Yes. Or is that something you kind of have to look back on and, you know, watch them on YouTube and some no, stuff No, like I that? definitely did, especially Randy Johnson. For some reason, I just always knew him hitting the bird is, like, so iconic <laughs> to me. Um, and I've just always – we loved going to the Dimebacks games. We can get cheap tickets because, you know – we're on the mend, but uh -huh. it's just always a, like a great atmosphere, and it's really hot in Phoenix, and they have the roof covering, and it's like 75 degrees in there, so it's mm -hmm. really cool on a nice summer day. You can go watch Dimebacks, so yeah. Um, I will also say my favorite player ever on the Dimebacks, but he, trade, he got traded, was Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. Now, see, like, the Cardinals and the Braves are playing right now in the mm -hmm. playoffs, so when Paul Goldschmidt's up, I'll say, go Goldie, but then go Braves, so. You mentioned Chase Field being an indoor yes. stadium. And we just went through what was one of the hottest summers that I can remember mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. What's worse, a summer day in Jacksonville during this oh. July and August or sitting through a Diamondbacks game in Phoenix <laughs> with the roof open? Definitely here. The, stepping off the plane on my visit, I was like, what is this? Why am I sweating so much? Like, what <laughs> is this? So getting used to humidity has definitely been tough, especially like – Summer workouts start, you're running outside. I thought I was going to die. I've never ran in such hot conditions. And, like, the temperature is hotter in Arizona, but you don't feel as, like, mm -hmm. like I can't breathe here, you know? Like, I've definitely gotten used to it, but the first summer, it was rough. I mean, people say, like, oh, Arizona's so hot, but it's definitely dry. Um, so I've definitely grown up with dry heat. So getting used to the humidity was a task, I'll tell you that. What was your visit like here? What what kind of stuff did you get to do, and what made you really just fall in love with the university? What made you say, I'm definitely coming to Jacksonville State? Yeah, um, so basketball season had just started, and the volleyball team played their last match was when I came on my official visit. So getting to go to the basketball game was really cool. I honestly loved the gym. Like, how could you not love the gym? It's super nice. Um, I got to see the football stadium. I got to see the newly renovated. That was when softball stadium had just been renovated, mm -hmm. and I loved the stadium. Uh, towers where the incoming freshmen stay. Um, I just think everything worked out so well that when I came here, it just all fit into place. And I was like, yep, this is where I want to go. Now, here we are in 2019 moving forward. You guys are on the right track. You're first place right now. Last year, you picked up your first OVC tournament win since 2009. Tell me about the future of Jacksonville State Volleyball and what we have to look forward to. Um, so this summer, we actually had a camp where incoming recruits and possible recruits got to come and there was about 15 girls, so it was very small-sided, but that was on purpose by Coach Garvey so that he could really look at the recruits coming in and see what, honestly, plan ahead for what we have coming. And I'll tell you that the talent coming in is insane. Um, there's an outside hitter that is absolutely crazy, amazing, good, and the setters coming in and some back row pieces that will definitely contribute as soon as they step on campus. So I just think – with Coach Garvey and the leadership with Justin, and I think it'll just be a great culture coming in. Um, I definitely think it's just switched. The light has switched for Jacksonville State Volleyball. Um, I'm just very confident in our team. Past years, like my freshman year, I just was never confident in our team, and now I'm like, heck yeah, we can win, you know? Well, Sadie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, fantastic win here on Sunday, and this will broadcast obviously on Tuesday, but fantastic win you guys will go into the weekend uh, look to pick up two more over nashville and your your dad's going to be there to watch yes exactly thank you so much for having me i'm very excited to see my dad and be back in nashville
that does it for this week's edition of Behind the Beat. Be sure to check back in Tuesday, October 15th as we release a new episode. Until then, for Avery Davis, I am Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.